Hi, my name is Agile, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, and I believe you should too. Just go to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listener, to this episode 144, if you can believe it, of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always, of course, you know that Mo is here. Hey, everybody. Would not be a show without George. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we head to the theater to see the kind of chaotic bloodshed that only the most excellent assassin can deliver, build a sweet Lego model suitable for intergalactic bounty hunting, and test play the beta for the fourth installment in a classic RPG dungeon crawling computer game series. That and so much more is coming your way this episode. First, though, as we always like to do here at the top of the show, like to check out some fourth listener email. Our fourth listener this time around, and maybe recently, I feel like we we hadn't heard from Kun Mong in a long time, and now a couple of emails this month, maybe, mm, no, yeah. chimed in. Kun Mong hit us up on Discord uh, in reference to the synchronicity backtrack. Oh, that's, that's a little bit, oh, yeah. a little bit back, right? That we did that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the mailbag is full. You got to get to the. You know, I'm working my <laughs> way through it. You got to catch up. <laughs> Akunmong says, this had to have been my first cassette I ever purchased. I believe it. I thought I even still had it, but didn't see it in my small collection, so I guess it disappeared some time ago. Anyway, I wasn't heavy into music until around probably the summer before eighth grade. I was still 12 at the time. I will say that I wholly agree with you all on Mother. Such an odd (laughs) song. (laughs) Although, you know, we heard from Marcus, the other Marcus, uh, the musician, you know, it kind of shed some more light on how it adds texture to the whole album, but as a standalone song, it's just weird. It's just, it's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> uh, Kunmong goes on to say, I've never really looked into the meaning of the lyrics like you have, and I'm a little impressed by what you found. To me, this song was just, what? <laughs> That's what it was to me until we did yeah, the podcast. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of meaning behind the lyrics, my favorite song from the cassette was Synchronicity 2, your favorite A-side song. Good one. I remember an eighth grade music assignment about sharing a song we liked and talking about it, what we thought the lyrics meant. I picked that song. No. I don't remember my grade on it, but it couldn't have been better than a C or a B. I should add that in that same class, a fellow student played his chosen song of Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden. Wow. Mm. That album was my very next purchase. I don't listen to Police anymore, but that was the start of my metal phase, and I still <laughs> listen to Iron Maiden to this day. So Nice. Wow. Yeah, so I guess uh, synchronicity served as a gateway drug to Iron Maiden for Kung Mong. So, yeah, whatever. Uh-oh. Fair enough. <laughs> Does that work? Not that really sure that's how the music? sequence of events went. I think <laughs> no, it was more about right. the class than it was Perhaps, perhaps so. Perhaps so. <laughs> Thank you for writing in, Kun Mong. We love that you did. We love every time any of our fourth listeners take time to talk about the show, tell us what we did right or wrong or what memories we invoked for them. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it is so easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com or read every single one that hits our inbox. And most of them, like Kun Mong's, will eventually make the show. All right, with that good business behind us, let's jump into the body of episode 144 right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
on your happy price, price line. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. It's a natural time for a sun dance with the sun up above in the sky. Introducing Sundance Sparkler. 100% natural fruit juices with just enough sparkling water. There's nothing else like it. And there's nothing else in it. Nothing added, nothing artificial. We didn't add a thing that's bad, you know. That's good. So it's a natural time for a Sundance. Let's get the ball rolling, talking about media, as we always do here at the top of the show. Now, of course, this could be television or film or comics or music or books or whatever you've been checking out in the world of media. I want to start with you, Mo. What have mm-hmm. you been watching? Um, well, I just finished up the last show of the first season of a show called Shrinking. I think I was looking mm. forward to it a while back. Okay. Apple TV Plus, right? Yep. Apple TV. It was t- uh, okay. 10 episodes. Last one just dropped. The show is freaking hilarious to me. Uh, the mm. dialogue okay. is so funny. Same people who did Ted Lasso. Is one of the creators on that. All right. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's acting in it is just freaking amazing to me. I have to say, it's the most I've liked Harrison Ford in something. Mm. Right. Easily. <laughs> Easily. He's actually like a sympathetic, like you're like, wow, I actually like his character. You know, you kind of remind me of George a little bit, you know, a little gruff, a little bit. Wow. <laughs> what? He said you look like Harrison Ford. That's what no, I got. No, out no, of no, that. no. That's not at all what he said. No. <laughs> I mean, anyway, those are the basics behind that. You know, the guy's a psychiatrist. His wife had died like a year before. He's going through like this major depression and all these issues. Especially the season is him kind of working through that. And you think it's like not okay. funny, but part of it is like he's helping his clients because he's a therapist and he decides to just basically break a whole bunch of therapy rules like he tells people exactly what he's thinking i see he's like you should leave him you know like he says he is bad for you you are in a toxic relationship you know i mean just like just telling him exactly what he's feeling and to me it was just really entertaining there are nice bite-sized episodes and the dialogue is freaking hilarious Hmm. yeah i i kind of feel like this takes a little bit of its of what it starts out as you know the guy's wife mm-hmm. dying being the impetus for his change from afterlife the ricky gervais series oh, yeah. from Ten england to ah okay it's got that same kind yeah. of feel like snarky dark humor mm-hmm. and that and harrison ford just in the couple of episodes that i watched i haven't finished the series like you have yet but you're right he for the first time is tolerable in yeah, a role. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no matter what role he does he comes off like you just get the sense that on set he was a dick but <laughs> he just always feels kind of pompous, right? Yeah, like he's yeah. Just kind of, oh, yeah I know. But, but right. it works in this case, actually. Right, exactly. Because he's the head psychiatrist of yeah. the whole place. And so he's kind of the main character's boss, so to speak. Right. Mentor, boss. Yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, But he's like gruff. And, mm-hmm. and let me just underscore something that you said to make sure I understood. This is Harrison Ford in basically a situation comedy or a comedy of some kind. Yeah. I mean, it's dramedy, I guess you call it. I don't it, know if right? I've ever seen that from him. Well, it's Apple TV plus they have a shit ton of money to spend. That's yeah. why mm-hmm. they're getting these big name people in these right. really good TV series things because it's Apple. Enough of us have bought their damn iPhones that they can afford to pay <laughs> Harrison Ford to be on the right. TV show. I know yeah. I bought seven or eight at least. So they got my money already. <laughs> there, that's there. That's 10 minutes of Harrison Ford's time I've paid for. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if you haven't checked it out, absolutely would. Okay. It's it's a nice, also kind of like a like one of these nice, like just a nice show. You know what I mean? Like it's not people aren't 
getting killed and all that kind of stuff in it. You know, it's just like, you know, <laughs> like we had a show, like, I forget which one it was, John, that we said was like just a good like palate cleanser show. Like you just want to laugh and just enjoy a show and not get yeah, too. Yeah, some shows are like that. Like Ghost is like that. The new Night yeah. Court is like that. Some of those shows that like. Ted Lasso is like that. Yeah, Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso exactly. is kind of like that. Yeah. And that's what this yep. one is as well. I think it's on that same kind of type of vibe when you watch the show. So again, if you get a chance, definitely check it out. But I'm really interested in what George thinks of this next one because I have not seen it, but I really want to. <laughs> I had an excellent segue I have to use. Okay. Speaking of shows where people get killed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if you picked yeah. up on that. Yeah, oh. I was wondering. Yeah, go ahead, George. Good one, good one. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so we're going to talk about John Wick 4. We've been looking forward to this for quite a while on the podcast. Yeah. I've been looking forward to it from the very first mention of the, like, <laughs> they just showed the name John Wick 4 in the first teaser trailery kind of mm-hmm. thing, and that was, I don't know, maybe a year ago At or least. something like that, but... yeah. Um, all right. Well, I- I'm going to use spoilers, John. So do your little doodly loop stuff or whatever so that the people can not get upset if they don't want to hear about it. Yeah, I haven't seen this yet, just so you know. <laughs> okay. So George threatened spoilers for John Wick 4 in this segment. And. What ended up happening was we were really light on spoilers during the conversation. We did a really good job of restraining ourselves because Mo had not seen it yet. So if you want to listen ahead, if you haven't seen John Wick 4, just go ahead. And there's nothing really super spoilery. Like we don't give away big endings or big twists or anything. We're very light on it. If you'd rather uh, wait and listen to this one later, just jump ahead about 10 minutes and resume the show. Apologize, Mo. I'm gonna fuck your world up here pretty shortly because I can't talk about this movie without talking about spoilery stuff. I'll do my best. Yeah, um, go for it, man. So Keanu Reeves obviously comes back as John Wick. Right. The great thing about the John Wick films that I enjoy so much is their timing. None of them take place more than a few days to a few weeks from the previous entry. Oh, they, they flew so one right into the other, movies basically. seem to take place in about a month's worth of time. Oh, geez, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe two months in this case, because <laughs> there's a montage at the very beginning with Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves. And it looks like that maybe Keanu Reeves has been healing from what we saw at the end mm. of John Wick 3 for a period yeah. of time. He's pretty effed up. Yeah, he was pretty messed up. <laughs> I um, was thinking he needs a couple of days at least for his ribs to heal. <laughs> right, from the fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. So, Mo, I'm just going to warn you, he gets even more fucked up in this movie. Ah, I mean, it's to be expected. Way, way more. Like, <laughs> my wife, who she had not really watched the John Wick film, so we decided to have a John Wick marathon because she wanted to go to this with mm-hmm. my son and I. Okay. So we watched John Wick 1 on Tuesday. We watched John Wick 2 and 3 on Wednesday. Wow. And we saw John Wick 4 on Thursday. And as we watched each movie, and as we were in the theater, every single time she would go, that's just not believable. How many times <laughs> is the car going to hit him? She's so right. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to explain to her, honey, it's not meant to be believable. Yeah. This is an action superhero type of story. Yeah, absolutely. John Wick is, yeah, he's grounded in some reality, but really most of his feats are superhero-esque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the star of the film, outside of Keanu Reeves, who does a tremendous job, is really got to be Donnie Yen. Oh, I love Donnie Yen. Yeah. Donnie Yen Amazing. plays a role that just takes over the screen every really? single time he's on the screen it's just ridiculous it he plays a blind guy again so if you saw him in star wars rogue one he's playing a similar feeling character but he's a badass though right not just a badass like (laughs) 
like an angry as fuck in his situation badass who doesn't want to fuck with john wick but knows he has to for certain reasons (laughs) yeah okay Okay. holy hell it's almost like it's so neat to see characters that aren't black or white here. He is a purely gray mm-hmm. character. Yeah. Like it, it, anytime you see him on screen, you're not sure. Like, you know what his overarching motivation is, but you're not sure how he's going to act on it in this uh, scene. Is he going to gotcha. be, is he going to be helping you? Is he going to be hurting you? Is he going to be taking you down? Is he going to be hmm. saving your ass? Because he's got his own agenda. And ultimately that's the one he's going to try to satisfy. Got it. But the way he gets there is really interesting. It's really fun too, because his agenda, as you put it, John, it conflicts with the people telling him what to do I know at times. <laughs> and so he has to at times be on John Wick's side and at times on his <laughs> own side. And it's back and forth, even sometimes scene to scene to scene. There's a great scene toward the end of the movie mode that I really want you to get to see, because to me, it epitomizes the realness of the character more than mm-hmm. any other scene in the movie. At the very end, there's going to be a showdown. You know, John Wick, always. there's always going to yeah, be a final be a fight, showdown. Right? right? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like these are the most <laughs> softball spoilers ever. Yeah. <laughs> amazing that's great but there, there's a scene where you know it's going to be donnie yen and john wick counter reeves they're going to be the yeah. two guys going after each other and the bad guy the real bad guy in the storyline mm-hmm. walks up to donnie yen right before this confrontation happens and starts to try and motivate him with some kind of speech and quickly like before the man gets more than two syllables out goes fuck off <laughs> just like <laughs> and is right back to calm instantly mm-hmm. like oh, he's yep. calm the guy comes over fuck off and then right back to calm <laughs> it's the best <laughs> delivery of that line in he was any done. movie i've ever he seen he heard enough of his crap hadn't he <laughs> <laughs> that's cool uh, i can i can highly recommend this film okay that was my first question yeah i'm not gonna say it's the best of the john wicks mm, I agree. the first yeah. movie is the best of the i think john so too this, uh, the first is definitely the best but i think this is significantly better than the third john okay wick. i agree thank, thank you. Yeah. it's that's probably on par with john wick too it's okay. very neck I could, and neck. i could totally go with that that that's yeah i'm ready to go to theater to see this now <laughs> i'm completely aligned with you on that equation i was thinking better than the last one i came out of it not as good as the first mm-hmm. one yeah i put you right there and I'm on your wife's side. There's something about the action in this movie. Look, I love the getting thrown into cars part you're talking about. I love the crazy over the top. How did nobody get shot? Look, he has a bulletproof suit and somehow he never gets shot in the head or the hands. How does that happen? It's amazing. But I was with him until midway through the scene going up the stairs. And I'm like, this right. is just ridiculous. The stairway to hell, right? Yeah. And, and the guy sitting three seats down for me, he also, he was like your wife. He's like, oh, really? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but they were just pulling all the stops and going, let's do the most banana stuff we can think of. And that's what they did. And it, some of it's well, even more unbelievable than the rest, but still fun to watch. Absolutely. And a lot of it are homages to other action films that sure. the directors and writers are fans of like in the third film which is arguably the least successful of the four films in my opinion but it's still a fun film Mm -hmm. the scene where john wick is going up the glass staircases in the mirror hall Mm -hmm. room Mm -hmm. that's a direct homage to game of death from bruce lee because bruce lee has to ascend Mm -hmm. the pagoda and they do that in a lot of these films with john wick because they're they're referring back to their action star roots and Mm -hmm. Donnie Yen is a tremendous action star. For those who are not aware, he's Ip Man. So if anybody is familiar with that franchise, that's Donnie Yen to a T. He's been in a few other things as well, but he just takes over the movie. And there are other 
tremendous actors in this. The new mm -hmm. proprietor of the next continental you get to see, which is awesome. in Japan this time. Mm -hmm. That guy is a tremendous actor and a great screen presence. You've got, unfortunately, the the rest in yeah. peace Lance Riddick, who is in this film as well. You've got Ian McShane. Oh yeah, Ian McShane. I mean, oh yeah, right. tremendous mm -hmm. actor. Yeah, yeah, and a much bigger part in this film too. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård, mm -hmm. who plays the evil guy at mm -hmm. the top of the evil guy list, he's <laughs> tremendous. But Donnie Yen just kicks all their asses on screen, literally and figuratively. <laughs> My favorite thing about the John Wick movies, though, is like that whole mythos that there's this culture under the yeah. world that we mm -hmm. see and nobody knows about it. Which I thought the last movie kind of screwed up a little bit. <laughs> The, whole, the third one, that the head is some guy who lives in a desert. I'm like, really? Come on. Let, Don't worry. Real here. That gets fixed. We'll <laughs> okay, take care good. of that right away. I am definitely going to see this. And thank you. <laughs> you won't even have your popcorn finished before that shit gets taken care of. Don't oh, worry. Awesome. <laughs> All right. I'm a happy guy. I'm definitely going to go see now, this. Now, <laughs> I will say for fans of AMC theaters who go to see this there, you can take a look in my background for some hidden John Wick treasures that are going to be available to you in those theaters. I don't know that they're available in other ones, right. but they are doing a special collectible popcorn thing you know like a little popcorn tin which is cute and cool but the better one is they are they have released a set of four heavy metallic coins oh, mm -hmm. for john wick four and they're not all just the coins that they pay each other with that's one of the coins but then there are three others related directly to this movie mm. and like character coins like, or something yeah if you yeah. can uh if you can get the amc clerk to separate the two because at my amc they were like well we don't really know how to do it because it was literally opening night and they didn't even know mm -hmm. how it was in the register yet um, I believe that those coins are going to be $10 for you because the popcorn tins generally are $17 and I paid 27 for both. So if you like collectibles, mm -hmm. this might be a good one to pick up because, well, you'll see when you see the movie might be okay. a good time to pick up a collectible. <laughs> okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Again, that was barely spoilery. That was amazing. That, that was excellent. I'm not I was even trying. Have to, I wouldn't yeah, even worry you. about the whole spoiler thing, John. That was yeah, fine. Maybe not. That was well done. <laughs> I went that down a fine. few rabbit holes with that. John has oh. a specific rabbit hole <laughs> to talk about next. <laughs> hey, don't be talking about my rabbit hole. Yes, I do though. <laughs> I was looking forward to this. I'm sorry. I was looking forward to this, uh, uh the series last time we spoke. Uh, and so, the short of it is, if you enjoyed Kiefer Sutherland in 24, would you like to see a little more of that kind of? There's a new okay. series on Paramount Plus called Rabbit Hole. Now, just like we had talked about that video game that's kind of like the Russian Bioshock, that's an unfair mm. comparison, but it's the easiest way to get into it and understand what this okay. show is. There's uh, They started, just premiered, and there are two episodes out, and... I started watching it just on the fact that Kiefer Sutherland was in it. I'm like, I haven't seen him in anything in a while. I really enjoyed the 24, even though 24 kind of went off the rails in the end. It was yeah. a great series. Yeah. And it was kind of, again, promised to be kind of like that. There's espionage going on. And I will say that I watched the first 15 minutes and almost turned it off because I was Ooh. so bored with what was going on. Okay. He's kind of a guy who works in clandestine for other rich people to manipulate stock prices. So he sets up gimmicks and meets people in bars and makes people accidentally meet to get photos of two people together. He's he's kind of a real jerk that works for rich people to make. And I think he even says at one point, I love making rich assholes pay to make other rich assholes lose money. Like that's, that's okay. his job. It's what he does. So it's like a nefarious Robin Hood kind of thing? Yeah, I guess. I guess. But okay. But it wasn't interesting was the problem. I'm like, is this what the show is? And I was almost done. 
but the, the lucky thing was I was multitasking. As I was getting bored with that, I was doing something else and I let it keep playing. And as if like on clockwork, like they could see me like two minutes after I'd given up, this world gets turned upside down and you finally get some amazing stuff going on. Okay. Oh, okay. What you think is happening and the people you've met, you know how you, you go to this fancy place where the guy makes a lot of money and says, you should work for us. You know, don't mm-hmm. be off on your own, but I know money doesn't matter to you. And he's like real smarmy and you're like, this guy's going to be the bad guy later. What a swerve. He wasn't. Stuff goes down and he's in danger. Danger. The people he works with in danger. A woman he met with in the bar is part of the danger. It's an espionage thing. And But I will say the, the 24 comparison is not unfair, though, because when Kiefer Sutherland starts yelling at somebody and wanting information, boom, it's Jack Bauer. I mean, it's absolutely that guy <laughs> okay. again. Gotcha. <laughs> Got it. And, and it's episodic, right? So I, I don't feel forced to binge this. And I, I think back to uh, the Tulsa King thing with Stallone that mm-hmm. I was, it's, it's almost that kind of thing. It's a high profile actor in episodic television and how I... I ended up just dying for the next episode to come out after watching two. And by the way, after you watch one, you're not going to not watch the second one if you make it through the first one. Okay. okay. It's that kind of pull you through the show sort of thing. Uh, yeah. So if you like that kind of like espionage and action and who done it and conspiracy stuff, Rabbit Hole of Paramount Plus is a damn good show to watch. And I can't wait for the next episode to pop up, honestly. Mm, sweet. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was not, and I don't know if I am yet looking forward to it, but Mm -hmm. I know that if I decide to start watching it, I'll give it 25 minutes now. Yes, absolutely. I, I think if you get to 25 we'll minutes, you're you're in, actually. I, I don't okay. think you'll be able to leave. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we'll do something else for the first 25 minutes as we watch it. Yeah, right, multitask. Yeah. Right, right. Play, play Bejeweled on your phone and then until you get there, and then you'll be, in, you'll be engrossed. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Your worst nightmare just came true. Mildew creeping over your gorgeous grout. Soap scum slithering down your tasteful tile. Thank heavens for Tilex Instant Mildew Stain Remover. Spray Tilex on mildew stains and they vanish with no scrubbing. Spray Tilex on soap scum, then wipe it out of existence. Don't let mildew stains and soap scum give you nightmares. Terminate them with Tilex. So I'm doing like a lot of maintenance on my house. So all mm-hmm. I've been buying lately is boring shit like paintbrushes and rollers. And <laughs> so, so Mo, t- tell us about your favorite paint roller. I, yeah. It, and so <laughs> I, I, I got nothing exciting to talk about today. So I'm going to toss it over to George because I saw what his thing is and it is super cool. Yeah. I've had a lot of women tell me that. Thank you for noticing. No, you know, hey, um, my job. So... <laughs> Again, just like Harrison Ford, see? (laughs) Right. Uh, So on the last time we did our regular edition of our podcast, I mentioned that I got a Lego gift 
for my birthday. And mm. I said that I also was allowed to purchase another Lego set for myself during my birthday weekend in Orlando. Mm. And that's what I was going to talk about today. So it's Lego set 75292, which okay. is the Star Wars Razor Crest ship from The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. That's his first ship, right? It is his first ship from okay. the first season of the series. Right. Now, after in season two, he got the new one, which kind of looks like more like a Naboo fighter that's been retrofitted and mm-hmm. banged mm-hmm. up and everything. But the Razor Crest is the one that I first fell in love with. It's very much more of a Mandalorian type of ship. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, I think Lego and Star Wars both have recognized that because they have released three sets of the same ship. There is a small <laughs> version, which is very tiny, comes with a, just a couple of the minifigs, and it could probably sit on your desk. Then there is the giant, like $900, like super (laughs) detailed thing that you would want to shine lights on in a museum after you build it set. Right. The set that I got is the in-between of those two. It's like $130, (laughs) I think, or something like Mm. that, $140 that I got it for at the Lego store down there. I have not built it yet. As we discussed last time, I just am trying to figure out all my spaces so I can start displaying Mm -hmm, this kind of stuff mm -hmm, better. mm -hmm. But it is on the box, another gorgeous, gorgeous set. And it just feels like that Lego time after time after time is knocking these intellectual property models out of the park. I I can tell you from, I just took a quick jump on it in Amazon to look at it. And I can Mm -hmm. tell you the one thing it has, which I think is going to make this thing sell like crazy is they have a, Baby Yoda figurine. They do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one of the minifigs yep. is the Baby Yoda. <laughs> that Grogu or whatever his name is. That Grogu. Was so Grogu. Is that right? Grogu. Yeah. When you talked about that you had gotten this Razor Crest, the first thing I did was just search to, before there was a link anywhere in our card. And I'm like, did he get the $700 one? This thing is huge <laughs> and amazing. And it reminds me of like the big um, Millennium Falcon that they did. It was mm-hmm. several hundred dollars, right? Oh, yeah. That and, crazy. Uh, and then I look back at the number that you provided. And I'm like, oh, he got this middle of the road one, which... Yeah. It doesn't feel like not a big model. It just isn't the no. obscenely large, crazy model. Right? <laughs> right. It's no, this is large. still. It's as its length is probably comparable to the width of a keyboard. It's still mm-hmm. a sizable right. yep. Lego model, and that's the thing that I've noticed with these intellectual properties when it comes to building out these Lego sets. If it's a ship from like Star Wars, or you know, if they ever get Star Trek or whatever thing, they tend to like to have this mid-range, a hundred to one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm version because for people in my financial situation that's the top end that yeah, i can afford yeah, yeah. that's like perfect pricing isn't it right but the <laughs> it's people premium are, but not crazy right, right? exactly mm-hmm. people who are lego nuts and that's all they buy with any of their money like they say oh i could eat tonight or buy lego okay i'm gonna buy some lego <laughs> Lego. Did. that's who they build the seven to one thousand dollar right. price range models for and Trust me, there are plenty of those out there. If you go to oh, any yeah. Lego store anywhere. Oh, yeah, they're crazy. They're going to have those and you're going to look at them. You're going to go, oh, my God, that looks so beautiful because they have it built in the display case with the right lighting. And oh, yeah. that's so gorgeous. And then you see the price tag. And you're like, oh, well, let's move along. shall we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have one that's little? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they give you the little tiny ones that don't have quite the same details or any of that stuff, but they're still nice memory, nostalgic mm-hmm. pieces that you can sit on your desk at work or you can put them on a little shelf in the bathroom or something like that, wherever you want to put them. Those little trinket toys are usually... Ah, 
10 to $20, right. depending upon the property and the size and how many pieces. They, they're very, very good at hitting all mm-hmm. those levels to make people go, okay, shit, I got to buy it because I love blank, whatever the thing is. I'm sorry, did you say you have a Lego shelf in your bathroom? I do. Okay, I, was, I want to clarify. You know if you misspoke? Or that was, okay, <laughs> did I that right? I, no, I don't. I, does everyone have one? I'm missing out. Why would out, you maybe? not have a Lego shelf in your bathroom? <laughs> you know, it's, it's real estate that I have not capitalized on, so maybe it makes sense. Okay. I said, John, instead of reading, he does Lego. <laughs> well, do, 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 splash. Oh, no. That's a little difficult. Yeah. The only bricks in my toilet are not Lego. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, those are logs, not bricks. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I'm sorry I brought that up. Anyway. <laughs> okay, let's move along. Mo didn't have anything for his own segment, so let's move along to John. John, have you got anything available? I do. I do. Yes. You know, I went back, I was looking at things that I got for Christmas. Then have I talked about this yet? And this is an amazing gadget that Santa Claus brought me at Christmas time. And the reason I wasn't thinking about talking about it on the show is because it's transparent to me most of the time, but I look at it every day. So it is not forefront in my mind. So first, I want to tell you what it's called and you'll all be baffled. Then I'll explain what it is. <laughs> okay. It's the, you know, the Divoom Pixu 64. Yeah. I, I had the 63. What are you talking about? <laughs> is that one of the spaceships of in Star Wars? <laughs> it might be. It might be. Uh, so there's a company called Divoom and they specialize in, among other things that they make, they make electronics and they make displays that use LEDs and multicolor LEDs to do things. It could be a little desk thing that reacts to sound and does a waveform or whatever. Okay. This is one of their upper tier products called the Pixu 64. And it gets its name for a couple of reasons. One is that it's uh, pixel inspired. So this is a frame that's about 12 inches square that you hang on the wall and you plug it into the wall. There's a little wire running up to it. Mm-hmm. And it has this grid of like 64 by 64 pixels on this, I think. I think if I named it right. Yeah, this six, that's where the name comes from. It's a grid okay. of 64 by 64. And it has an associated app you connect to and you can put anything on this. So I'm not talking about a digital picture frame. I'm talking about a 64 by 64 pixel art looking grid that can be uh, moving dynamic artwork. It does have a speaker, like they're, they're lower in products where it reacts to sound and it can move a waveform. You can even go in the app and draw your own little pictures and see it being drawn on this frame hanging on the wall. It has a million and one uses. The reason I asked for it for Christmas was because I saw another YouTube channel. This guy had this thing hanging in the back of his set that had a readout of like his YouTube subscribers and number of views and those ah. sorts of things. So you can link it it comes into focus. Yeah, yeah. So you can link it into the real world and connect to like an endpoint from YouTube to get data. You can hit Twitter or Instagram, whatever you want to do. And they have these pre-built scenes that you're like, well, show me YouTube stats or show me a Nyan cat or show me, you know, a rainbow or whatever you want to see on that frame. I mean, I'm looking at it. It kind of reminds you of very sophisticated light bright. That's yeah, in its appearance. Yeah. <laughs> because it seems like you have the 64 by 64, but you have like an incredible number of colors you could use for each one of those mm-hmm. yep. pixels, whatever you want to call it. So yep. I can see how that would be make some pretty cool pictures. It, it does have some amazing pictures. And it's not just a still. Like it could do full animation. You can there's tools where you can take video, small snippets of video, and it'll pixelate them into a little file that you can run on that thing and load it up through the app on your phone. Unlike a light bright, of course, you have to plug in 
the little pegs, right. but it has that same look of the individual little dots. It's not like if you make them all red, it's clearly a grid of red dots. It's not a flat image. And it just, it has that retro aesthetic. Plus I mm-hmm. can glance at it and see how we're doing on YouTube. Plus it's just, it's animated. Like it has, it's like a ticker that says the number of you know, subscribers and that kind of thing. But regardless of what you might need it for, if you have anything that you do, uh, that you keep you know, tally on, whether it's a stock price or anything like that, you can put any kind of data in this thing, hang it on the wall, and it's a real-time living uh, animated like ticker thing that hangs on the wall. I have a couple of questions, and okay. uh, I'm very distressed right now. So, oh, no. Uh-oh. My I first question distressed. is, you talked, about, <laughs> you talked about it being plugged in. Does it not have a battery that can be charged and then hang until you need to charge it again? No, this needs to be plugged in. It's always connected. Uh, to When it's on, it's always connected to Wi-Fi, and mm-hmm. it's I guess it draws too much power for batteries, so it's impractical. Okay. Now, now, what I did is I, I plugged it in, and I put it on a, uh, a smart hub so that I could have it turned off with my light so it doesn't stay on all the time but it's it needs no, to be no, plugged I'm, I'm that that reduces my stress level because oh, okay. now I don't feel like I need to buy it for the purpose that I was thinking about okay. buying it all for right. which it would <laughs> be overpriced for that purpose mm-hmm. which was I was thinking this would make a great thing that I could hang on the outside of my door when I'm in a recording session ah. that I could just from my computer you know go to its program and say right. you know on air do not mm-hmm. disturb or something <laughs> like that also I was a little bit disturbed because I don't know what Santa Claus uh, what his elves paid for it to get it to you. <laughs> but right now it's on a yeah. lightning deal for like 60% off, 36% off. So I was yeah. like, damn it. I've got like five hours to decide yeah. <laughs> if I need yeah. to buy this thing or not. When it was new, well, it was new, it's new, new still at its regular price. It's like one ninety nine. Wow. Mm-hmm. So one twenty eight. Yeah. So I mean, on a, even on a sale, it's not an insta buy. You need to have a purpose for this, or you yeah. need to ask Santa Claus for it because the elves can get it for next to nothing. You know, they build their own stuff. Right. Pull exactly. That worked out. But I'm really happy with it. And even though I use it for a single purpose, like I said, I look at it every day, all day long. I glance at it, and it's it's again anything you want to keep stats on put it on there or just as a decoration. Probably overpriced for a decoration, but put live data in it. It's pretty damn cool. Nice. Sweet. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. What do you know about cranberries? I like cushion sprays and it tastes. What do you know about cran apples? More fresh fruit flavor than ever. Good for you. Tastes so good too. Cran apple. The unique cranberry has essential things your body needs. So does cran apple. The better than ever cranberry apple drink. Better tasted fresh fruit flavor. Hey, what do you know? Now with fresher fruit flavor. It's good for you, America. From Ocean Spray. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Well, unlike the last segment, we all three have an entry <laughs> in this right. segment. Oh, and that's since you, I'm Mo. picking on Mo for the last segment, <laughs> I'm going to start with him. Have you been playing a game? I know you have because I see it on the list. So That's don't right. try you to hide it. Just it. talk about it. Whenever you're ready to start, Mo, you can just start talking at any time you would <laughs> okay. like to start. All right. Take a breath. <laughs> I think I'm ready. Okay. So, yeah, I've been playing the Diablo 4 is what I've been playing. Now, I am a huge fan of the Diablo series. And the newest one, 4, and they haven't had a Diablo 3 came out. God, that was a really long time ago, actually. Um, they haven't done a new one in quite some time. So the official release date is June 6th of this year. And what they've been doing is that if you pre-bought it, then every weekend they have an open beta that you can play. So it's not even ah, out yet. It's not, not even out yet. Oh, okay. So, you know, from Friday to, well, Sunday, Monday morning, you know, I've been trying to get on this as much as I can because, <laughs> you know, you have that limited window to get in there and play stuff. But I mean, any limited a little bit, like you can't pick every single type of character that you could be and all that stuff. But let me tell you, man, if you are a fan of Diablo and I don't know, for those of you who don't know, it's basically like a top down kind of, I call it like isometric map mm -hmm. that you play and you pick like a fantasy character and there's a whole storyline that you're basically following, you know, and you're trying to build up your character and you could do, you know, you go off and you have lots of side quests, like there's millions and millions of side quests you could do. And then you have a kind of a general story that you're trying to follow. It looks the same. They didn't mess up with that kind of play style. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, from what I've seen so far, I am loving it. So I was I was going to ask you if you could describe what Diablo is for people out there, maybe mm -hmm. who haven't played it, which you did, which is awesome. But I am curious because I don't think I've ever played a Diablo game, which oh. I know is to my shame. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not sure I have either. Yeah. Is it turn-based strategy? Mm -mm. Nope. So it's live dungeon crawling? Uh, Yeah, basically. And okay. each character, and you could, cust that's the thing is you could customize these things to death, you know, your characters, as you build them up, like which traits you have. And, and you know, I picked a barbarian because that's usually the easiest one to start with. But barbarians can carry like four different weapons and you could, and you can decide to build up things that would make different types of weapons stronger. And I'm playing with the right. Xbox controller. So you have like six different, different attack buttons that you could use, depending on which one you oh. want to do. Some mm -hmm. you have to build up power to use some help you build power when you use them um and if you play magic users a thief there's a necromancer we actually raise dead things to fight for you it looks super cool but it is a real-time fighting so you talk about it so it's not first person it's not third person. You said isometric. Yeah. So I'm getting the sense of like gauntlet. Similar. But way, way better. Uh, like, but better. Yeah. But better graphics. But they're both like kind of. At a little angle, right? Not yeah. top right. down, but like top down, but tilted a little bit. Right. Right. And, and yeah, like, you yeah. could get behind a wall, but they go transparent if you do go behind a wall Got so it. you can see yep. it. You know, that kind of ah. stuff. And the cool thing with this also is that, you know, you go into the world and other people are playing. Like you can see other people running around well, and you can decide. Is that good or bad? Well, in this one, it's good because you can <laughs> you just go it alone. You can totally just play okay. it by yourself and not just ignore everybody. Or they have some quests like in the, there's like dungeons you go into, which are like, oh, go into the cellar of this or the mines of whatever. Mm -hmm. But then as you're traveling, there's some areas where they guess they kind of built some four groups to fight. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you basically you see a bunch of people already in there fighting. You could jump in there, help them fight, and you get to share rewards at the end. Hmm. Yep. But you don't have to, but those are all optional. That feels worrisome to me because I would be worried that somebody would jump in. Like the three of us were playing and mm -hmm. going through a mission or whatever. And somebody we don't know would jump in and screw everything up for us. Like, I, you know, I think you could create your own private area, but I think for the beta, uh, it's oh, all okay. open, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. I'm not gotcha. 100%, but I think for the beta though, it's definitely all open. Cause I think that's probably what they want to test the most. Cause right? they want the, people to get in there and fight and right. break it. Right. It's what right. they want in a beta. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Okay. Is this 
this different than the previous Diablos or did they have that same mechanic? You could play with other people, but I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was like open, open, like really like big open drop in. Everyone in the server could basically see you running around, you know, Um, but you can't, you cannot attack each other. So there's not that worry. And when it drops treasure, it drops it for you. So there's no like running, trying to grab something before somebody else grabs it or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Like Mm -hmm. it distributes it evenly and then you only see your treasure that you can pick up on your screen. So Ah. keeps that kind of people from, you know, zonking your stuff from happening. Right. Um, There's so much to the game. Like, and when I played Diablo 3, I mean, I must have replayed it probably two or three times picking different characters because they are usually that different from each other that it's just a different fun experience. Like the thief, you know, you're like becoming invisible and sneaking around and backstabbing. But it's again, it's all real time though. There's no... Like when you're sitting there trying to do your stats, you got to make sure you're in a safe spot because things will keep attacking you. So, you know, when you try to, oh, there's no points, like pause because it's, it's a live no world. Things are going to yep. keep happening. I see. You yeah. know, you go into a town, mm-hmm. towns are safe. So if you're in there, yeah, you goof around as much as you want. But of course, mm-hmm. as usual, it's like the stores and there's people you talk to them and they like give you side quests to go to. And it's so far from the beta, it just looks really, really cool. I mean, I bought it specifically because I knew I could get into the open beta. <laughs> it's one of these premium games. So it's going to be like probably 60 bucks, I'm sure, when it comes out. I think it's probably, what it's cost. But did you say you already bought it or you had yeah, to I buy bought it? it? I pre-bought. I already bought it. So, so I paid how much full. did it pay to get in early? Was it 60 bucks there? Yeah, same price. Yeah. You just bought okay. it ahead. It's all right. right. Yeah. Uh, it's just pre-sale. That's all it was. I got it. But it's put up by Blizzard, you know, so they generally are known for putting out pretty good quality sure. stuff. I haven't found any significant bugs or anything like that. But if you do, of course, they have a huge thing where people are writing in all the issues. But I can't wait till June 6th when there's a couple of extra characters that you cannot play open up, which everyone's really excited about. So I can't raise it, uh, rave about it enough so far. All right. So thanks for letting me talk, George. So, John, <laughs> what do you have? God, he never shuts up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I had to make it for the last segment. So how about you, John? What do you got? So I want to talk about, not technically, but kind of, talk about something that we spoke about on this very segment of this very show back in episode 97 in April of 2021. You guys remember the topics, right? No, of course you don't. I don't remember the topics. I had to look that up. So you'll recall that um, one of the many little tabletop arcade toys that we got, one of the coolest ones that came out back in 2021 was my arcade put out a premium edition Street Fighter 2 cabinet. You guys mm. probably remember oh, that. right, yeah. It yeah. had the real ROM mm-hmm. in it. It was like a big chunky thing. It had the six clicky you buttons. connect two of them together. Right, exactly, right. Yeah. exactly. Uh, and I liked it in the review, but shortly after the review, and I did several follow-ups back in 2021, that there were some key problems. The first was just kind of aesthetic in which I noticed the buttons were not in the red, white, blue order. Now, that's not a big deal. I actually fixed it by opening it up and doing it. No big deal there. The second thing that bothered me quite a bit was that there was some control logic in this thing, where if you move a certain diagonal, then certain moves can't be performed. It's not a huge deal, but the more you know about Street Fighter, the bigger deal it was. And for some people, it was a deal breaker. Uh, And the third was that the joystick is kind of, I'll say floppy. It just has a big dead Mm. zone in it. It's just not really rigid. And people have trouble getting off moves. So long story, fast forward now, two years or so, and I was able to get my hand on what I had heard rumored was an updated version of this. So what I wanted to talk about in this segment was not so much about the toy, the game itself. It's Street Fighter II, a real arcade ROM. That's great. What I most wanted to highlight here is a very promising trend that I'm seeing from manufacturer of my arcade, which is listening to the community and addressing problems that people are finding. Mm, Okay. We've seen, look, basic fun didn't do that. 
that when they put out Defender 2 as Defender, or they put out Spy Hunter with buttons missing. You know, they just said, oh, well, 20 bucks, suck it up, right? <laughs> In this case, I got my hand on the new revision. I took it apart. They fixed all three of the things that were either minor or major problems for me. The first, they put the buttons in the right order. Yay, no big deal. I mean, they probably still, figured that out on their own. That's attention to detail stuff. You know? It's something. That's right. The second is not broken. No reason they had to do that. They slightly changed the mechanism for the joystick and put in a more rigid spring so it feels way, way better. Ah. And third, and most importantly, they actually refactored the logic on that board. They revised it from a 1.0 to a 1.1, and now all of the commands work. They heard people talk about it. They saw videos like mine on the internet, and they didn't just go, oh, well, we'll just keep selling them. They actually addressed it and fixed it. And in the new revision, you get all those things corrected. And that's commendable. Nice. Okay. Yeah. First of all, you're right. That's 100% different than most manufacturers of these small (laughs) throwaway style products, right? Um, But I do have a question. You talked about they went to revision 1.1, which Mm -hmm. is nice. That's awesome that they fixed the stuff. Do you know if they made that revision somehow flashable for the old systems that people had already purchased so that they could maybe put a little micro SD card in, boot it and get the proper fix? Or did they talk on any platforms of theirs like Facebook or somewhere Mm -hmm. where they said, hey, you know, we'll send you a new chip out and you can plug it in this way or something like that. Did they do any of that? Or do you think that's beyond what they what they're capable of with this particular cabinet? Yeah, that's a really good question and a valid one. And one that many commenters on the video that I did about this very update, which Mo, I'll give you a link to that video if you wouldn't Mm -hmm. mind throwing it in the show notes if someone wants to see this in detail. Uh, But many commenters have reached out to them and I, th- I think it's it's a mixed bag. There's definitely not an upgrade path for somebody who got the first version, mm. right? Now, that is to say, for a $50 gadget like this, you can imagine the cost of shipping, shipping back, whatever. It's a hardware change. It's not just software, which is why, you know, flashable software probably couldn't fix it. They, you know, the, you couldn't firmware flash the more rigid spring, for example, right? You could. That no, no, work. not that part. Yeah. But the logic part. Yeah. I'm of two minds about this and both of them I feel pretty good about. But if you were an early adopter, you're are kind of screwed. One is that if a company is going to stand behind a product, at least to listen to the community and respond to it, then I don't feel terrible about maybe having to spend a little more money to get the good version. I don't feel great about it, but I understand why this is not a software fixable problem. The other is if you are a nefarious and devious individual, there's no reason you couldn't get the new one and return the old one somehow. (laughs) You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's, that's kind of, it's, kind of sneaky and kind of dirty, but I've certainly used the, you know, the Amazon library periodically to, to check right. something out I want to look at and then return it. But there's not a path to fix it straight through the company. They don't provide that. They don't provide upgrades to, uh, but they, at least they addressed it. I would offer up an alternative solution and, you know, my arcade, I have no idea how to enact this, but it's just <laughs> right. an alternative. Since you can't do the flashing of the ROM and you can't fix the spring to your point, John, mm-hmm. that's a physical yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, unless you were to maybe send a spring out in the little kit with the little SD card or whatever, since you kind of just need to get the new cabinet, maybe you could do some kind of a a trade-in discount program Mm -hmm. or some kind of a loyalty program where you got the new one for a slightly cheaper price than what you paid for the old one if you showed proof that you had the original somehow, like maybe there's some barcode somewhere or something, I don't know. Or maybe you got a new phone, right? Because realistically, the only thing that changes is the control deck, and that's a removable piece with one ribbon cable. So they could retrofit if they just had the 
apart. So you could do like a phone, you know, you, uh, oh, if you give us your old phone, we'll give you a $200 credit toward a new phone. Oh. I would even do, I would consider a trade-in would be an amicable and fair. So is the control deck where the chip is? Yeah. Yeah. Control deck is oh. where the logic board is. It's all in there. Okay. Yep. As far as I know. I mean, they made more strives than anybody else. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think if they could have fixed it in software, they would have given you away, but at least they fixed it. And uh, that's yeah. something yeah. I don't even no, see happening something. in this space at this price point. Good for them. How much does it run? So I think when I got it was 50, list now is 60, but I've okay. seen it on Amazon for as cheap as 43. Uh, and mm, I'll okay. give you that link as well, Mo, to throw in the, yeah, yeah. So please. 43 bucks for, yeah, this is a great cabinet for that. And with those problems fixed, home run. Absolutely. Home run. Yeah. All right. So again, not the cabinet, just the company. I think it's really cool. George, what about you? I know you've been actually playing a new game. I have been playing a new-ish game, mm -hmm. so it's new to me. I'm right. going to start with that. And this okay. is part of my ongoing new series from Humble Bundle for the Turkey Syria Earthquake Relief Bundle. Right. We talked about it in the last episode. I'm going to talk about it each time I play one of these new games. And there are a lot. As I had mentioned before, there are, yeah, something like, 130 items on this <laughs> yeah, like 70 of them are games or some ridiculous amount and what that boils down to is each one of the items that i got in this bundle equals out to 23 cents for what <laughs> i paid for the bundle winner that being said in today's episode or release or whatever uh, i played a game called ghost runner now, oh, I've heard of that. it's not an old game. Like a lot of times with Humble Bundle, you get games that are 10 years old or sure. even older. This game came out in 2020. So it's really only okay. three years old, which well, is barely. nice. Yeah. It's got, yeah, it's got overwhelmingly positive reviews. I don't really know how to classify this game, but Mo, you might be able to follow along with me. So okay. imagine if you took Shadowrun mm -hmm. and put it in a first-person shooter that was solely about parkour. Wow. Okay. So you've got a street samurai type of guy. Okay who has to run around and he needs to break a guy out of prison. So there's a little bit of Bioshock because you got this guy in your ear who's like, come do this for me mm -hmm. and I'll help mm -hmm. you kind of thing. Okay. And kind of, of course, at the beginning of it, he's teaching you how to do the things right. because something has happened and your brain has gotten messed up and you don't remember everything. You know, that's a pretty yeah. classic Amnesia. trope in games, right? <laughs> yeah. You run like at different speeds. You can do this like time slowdown thing, kind of like mm -hmm. uh, what's that red hot game, John, that you used to play all the time? Super hot. Skill Super hot. Super hot. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. yep. Kind of like that. But then you also like if you jump at a wall surface, you're running alongside it like something out of Assassin's Creed okay, or whatever. Okay. Oh, okay. You, you need to take out people. You're jumping down on them from above and you're making these amazing leaps from thing to thing. Okay. Uh, it does have a couple of interesting modes that I haven't played yet. One of them is called a kill run, which is apparently you're just trying to run through as fast as you can, killing everybody you have to and get through that segment of the game. Uh, that was pretty so kind of like a speed run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another one, which is like, I, I haven't played it yet, but it appears that it's clearing out everything everything in an area kind of a thing. So like, okay, like completing you know, if you're it, yeah. trying to, yeah, if you're trying to gather all your stuff, it's that kind of a thing. Okay. But the part that I'm playing right now that I've started is more of a storyline mode. So okay. a little bit like Bioshock, but in the future, samurai kind of guy running around. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know if it was a triple A price before, because right now it's $30 on Steam. At, still. At almost three years old. It's probably yeah, was. That's yeah. impressive, actually. Yeah. Um, but it's it visually looks like it could have been a triple A title if it wasn't mm. already. Mm. I mean, how's Damn. the gameplay? Is it fun? 
The gameplay is fun. I really enjoy it. It's difficult, though. I'm a little too old, I think, to keep up with it. Does it have an easy mode? <laughs> I, I kind of wonder if it does. I haven't found one yet, but I kind of need that at this point. Um, oftentimes, I'm noticing that when I do my wall run and jump down to kill a person that's in front of me, I can't find them because it's all first person view and oh, you've got so this wow. narrow view. Yeah. And I'm trying to skirm around dizzy. and find them to hack them. And you get no time to kill them. Like these AI of these things trying to kill you, they're good. Like mm -hmm. within two seconds, I'm dead every time. But you start back over really close to where you got killed. So okay, it's okay. not a thing where you have to go back like and go through several steps all over again. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. It yeah. feels like all the checkpoints are really close to each action point that you have to deal okay. with. Like they know where you might find a challenge, so they're helping you out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. don't frustrate me. I want to enjoy your game. Help me, right? right. So exactly. that's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they seem to understand that they have set this game up for you to die a lot at first. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so not they don't want you to have to go all the way back to the beginning sure. of the level. That's nice. good. Glad they thought that through. Yeah. Oh. And so at 23 cents, you think you're getting your, your money's worth out of it? Yeah, you Corey. Well, I mean, I played play it for 20 23 minutes. <laughs> so done. Before the Problem podcast. Solved. So there we go. I'm good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing, to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. You've shaped it in your mind. Total performance. Now the all-new Toyota Supra brings it alive. Super power created by a 3-liter 24-valve 200-horsepower engine. Super suspension, racing type, double wishbone, fully independent. Super cockpit, where you perform. The new Toyota Supra. Performance without compromise. Now the Supra dynasty begins. Who could ask for anything more? Before we wrap up this episode, we always like to take just a second here toward the end to talk about the things we're either looking at now or looking forward to uh, between now and the next time we get together and talk. And I will get started the just a couple of things. It's it's a little light this time. Actually, these things I'm not super amped about, but they're, I'm curious to learn more about them. Okay. Uh, April 7th in theaters, there's a film called Paint, which is Owen Wilson kind of being a Bob Ross type character who loses his oh, yeah. job oh. at public television. Is he supposed right. to be Bob Ross? Though? It's, not, it's not Bob Ross? It's not Bob Ross at all. No, no, it's, oh. not, it's not a biopic or anything. Oh, I thought it's, it was a biopic originally. Okay. He's a Bob Ross-ish character. Mm. It reminds me a little bit in tone. Did you ever watch the Jim Carrey TV series called Kidding, where he was kind of a Fred Rogers type character? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah well, it reminds me, it looks yeah. like that. It, it's a more like a hyper version of the Bob Ross kind of thing. And it's Owen Wilson. Mm. So it, look, it looks promising. So cool. uh, the next one is apparently April's when horror movies drop now. There's a new horror movie coming. <laughs> and, and really, any time is horror movie time anymore, right? But some of them look dumb. This one looks really intriguing. I'm a sucker for a like a, a big papal exorcism kind of story. And this one is called The Pope's Exorcist. And it stars oh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, yeah. I've seen a lot 
lot of the trailers for that. And he's basically the Pope's main guy when it comes to exorcisms. And this kid is possessed, a la the exorcist, and wants him to, I guess the devil wants to get in the Pope's exorcist. It looks, it, it looks like it go either way, but it has Russell Crowe <laughs> that lends a little bit of creepiness. The part is the trailer part right where he's he's in front of the review board and they're like giving him shit and he's like you got yeah. a problem go talk to my boss talk to and my boss like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the other part that i love is the possessed kid bring me a priest and they cut a few right. a, a few scenes later and there's a young guy standing there that gets thrown out of the room wrong priest <laughs> bring that one to me uh, i'm looking forward to seeing that it's also it's april 14th uh, also coming to theaters uh and the one I'm probably most looking forward to really is just on television on Paramount plus uh, about two years ago, Mike judge revived Beavis and butthead for a new season mm-hmm. of episodes. A second season is going to be on Paramount plus on ah. appropriately of all days four twenty. Oh, oh, <laughs> I think I said, it's finally another reason to be sitting on the couch. So <laughs> on that day, not only can you <laughs> sit at four twenty and enjoy your weed, I guess, but Beavis and butthead season two kicks off. The first season back was really fun. So more of it, more of the, and Mike Judge, leave us a butthead. He's doing all the voices again. Can't go wrong. Mo, what about you? What do you got coming up, man? Let's see. Um, So obviously the Dungeons and Dragons movie, you know, that's coming mm-hmm. out uh, this week. So definitely looking forward to seeing that one. Um, The Tetris movie is coming out soon. Mm-hmm. On which, yeah. Apple, isn't it? Apple TV? Yeah, it's on Apple like TV. Um, is it okay. Yeah. And so that one, I, I don't know why, but I really, I want to see it. I know why you want to see it. Why? Because somebody did a really awesome trailer reaction for that movie. That must have been. That's why you want to see it. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> but um probably what i'm mostly looking forward to right now is a show coming out april 4th called beef i don't know if you oh, heard jesus of this one christ yet. is this like the sequel to lamb no 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 it's totally shit? different <laughs> it's a tv series that is basically these two people get into like this road rage incident like on the street like you know, oh, like they, they have they, a beef with one another kind of yeah beef. and they okay. like, try to rage off the road like a serious serious road rage thing Ooh. and they apparently uh-huh. just can't let it go and it's oh. like over t- over the, it's a series of shows so it's like i guess it consumes them like over time hmm. that feels like an expansion of the russell crowe film that came out like four years ago where Which was that he rear ends a lady in a car and she's giving him shit. And then he just tracks her down and tries to murder her. Whoa. I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my wife it. made me go watch it. Cause I'm so bad in the car yelling at people. She's like, <laughs> you need to go watch this to stop doing it. I was about to say, is this a George biopic you're doing? What is it? <laughs> beef is about? But I mean, and it's got like a really great cast, like Steven Yoon's in it. Uh, Ali Wong's in it. Um, ah. You know, and then some people like Joseph Lee. I mean, pretty good name so it looks weird which i like you know it just looks like a weird kind yeah, of weird's good fargo-y kind of just weird sort of mm. show um so that's what i'm really most looking forward to right now so cool. how about you george what are you up to well uh you know now that i've done a couple of them i'm really looking forward to doing more of the turkey syria Hearth- earthquake relief bundle games uh mm-hmm. it's gotten me a little bit more into playing video games more than i did and now that i've got this cool gaming chair from my family and i've got the nice <laughs> xbox one elite controller thing Mm. that they gave me a while back it's a little bit more enjoyable and the games in this bundle so far i've played two and it's made me really want to play the next one i'm just playing them down the list i'm not going alphabetically or anything it's just (laughs) Mm -hmm. whatever's the next one on the list like when i saw (laughs) ghost runner i was like oh that's probably some old knockoff game or something and it turned out to be fun so (laughs) yeah uh, second thing I'm looking forward to is the docudrama bio drama kind of thing called Air, oh, which yeah. is all about the Michael Jordan Nike oh, shoe right. deal. That's like, that um, does Matt look interesting. Damon or someone's in that one, right? Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Okay, they, okay. 
helped write the script. They produced really? it. And it's really interesting because I just saw uh, Ben Affleck just the other night on Jimmy Kimmel. He was talking about the situation, how it came to mm -hmm. be. They spoke to Michael Jordan at length before they even started pre-production on this thing. And they were asking him questions. And the one question hmm. that he highlighted in the interview was they said, okay, well, you know, and he's telling him, well, this guy has to be in the movie because he was essential to the story. And this guy, Michael Jordan's telling Ben mm -hmm, Affleck right. this, right? Yeah. And then Ben Affleck says, well, okay, um, I kind of need some advice from you. Who would you like to see playing your mother? And he's like, there's only one, Viola Davis. That's who has to play my mother. Really? <laughs> at the big, at that point, that character only had two lines in the film. Oh, geez. <laughs> so they went back and rewrote the entire script to make Fix it that. worthy of Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really being in the role and that's why she's centered and focused and they made a point of never showing the actor playing michael jordan in more than anything than a background because they said if we show you him as michael jordan he's too famous you're gonna go that's not believable yeah gotcha. that makes sense hmm. so that's why i'm looking forward to it but the thing cool. i'm looking forward to most which i'm going to talk about the least is <laughs> most pick dungeons and dragons but i'm looking forward to it because i'm going to get to see it with my entire family in orlando at that special amc at oh, disney springs oh, we've that's a the nice tickets. theater. That's oh. a nice theater. Oh, so looking forward to that. You guys are only like two, two and a half hours from Orlando, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that's not your main theater. <laughs> I can't do five hours of driving for a two hour movie. It just doesn't make sense. If it's a good enough movie, that theater almost <laughs> makes it worth it. you don't know until you see it. You might waste five hours for a bad movie. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> that would really suck. Yeah. Give us a new scale, right? Right. <laughs> AMC or drive to Orlando. To Wait, how many it. hours would you drive to? To see this movie that's the new scale <laughs> that's i mean as long as they get rid of the nicole kidman bullshit oh my god it's worth yes. it i'd drive an extra 20 minutes just to go to a theater where that's not playing yeah me too <laughs> she scares me oh that, she looks and i like puppets and can't handle her eyes i mean that's just bananas <laughs> Uh, before we get out of this episode, I do want to take just a second to thank another, I say it every episode, another brand new patron who thrown their hat in the ring and said, I want to support Gen X Grown Up. We want to thank you, Anna Marie. Anna Marie headed over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon and said, we like what you do with Gen X Grown Up. I want to help you do it mm. and join a roster of amazing human beings, including many of you listening to this show right now. You know who you are. Thank you so much, Anna Marie and all of you. It's just, it means the world to us and it's making our dream that much closer to becoming a reality. So again, if you want to join Anna Marie, head on over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Click on the button that says, I want to give you money and make it happen. It's really easy. Yeah, we don't need somebody to give us $10,000 a month. We just need 10,000 people to give us a dollar a month. Exactly right. right. And you could be one of them. You're listening now. You, you could be one of them. That's right. But you Thank can you. give more than a dollar. Thank you. It's okay if you give more than a dollar. You can, oh, it's we okay. We won't <laughs> stop you, but it's right. Don't feel obligated. That's right. <laughs> That is going to wrap it up for this edition of the show. Don't worry, we'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week, that's our backtrack, where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. And I'm so excited about this backtrack coming up because we're going to talk about my favorite class in school, which was <laughs> lunch class. Oh, wait, it wasn't a class. It was just where I screwed around. <laughs> And not only are we talking about our memories as Gen Xers in school during the lunch break, but we have reached out to our many followers and fourth listeners on social media.
media and we have lots of input yeah. from them. So we're going to be uh, reading your comments, reacting to those, talking all about the Gen X experience of school lunch. We hope you will join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here, man. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it's you, though. We all three appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. This part won't make the show because I've forgotten. What did you say? We were talking about, you did something. What was the last backtrack? Playing Dungeons and Dragons in school. That's what it was. You got in trouble for that. I'm not going to use it now. It doesn't work. I messed it up. I'm not seeing the connection there, but. (laughs) I'm not either. I'm not either. I don't remember getting in trouble for Dungeons and Dragons at school. Oh, you're talking about it in North Florida. I got you. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about when I first played Dungeons and Dragons in school in middle school. That's okay. I've wrecked it now. I'll just read his email. (laughs) (laughs) Comics or music or books or what are you been whatever you've would prefer. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag. But let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.